0: I'm recording it, by the way. Let's see how this goes. (laughs) Here we are again with episode 2 of my new podcast, Hungry and Anxious, about the things I know to be true with creative people I care about. I still didn't get the audio quite right, there's an annoying echo on my voice because of some faulty headphones, but oh well, practice makes perfect, and who better to practice with than my childhood best friend, Ya-Chin Chang, an artist based in New York. We met each other when we were 10 years old living in Hong Kong at the time. Now we're all grown up, but we still talk like 5th graders.
1: I'm trying to remember your phone number from back in the day. From back in the day when we were 10. 2868? five six six three boom no got it
0: <laughs> i have this vivid memory of sleeping over at your house and you know we spent like all day together sumo wrestling playing action figures doing god knows what else and then we'd play sim tower on your computer and then we'd stay up really late at night and we didn't want to end the game and then in the morning our hotel rooms were like Filthy. There were cockroaches everywhere. But then we'd be billionaires or something, and we'd be so happy. We were basically slum lords.
1: I do remember. I have a picture of you, and I think the light was already off because we should sleep. Uh-huh. But the glow of the computer screen of Sim City. Oh SimCity man, I need a copy face. of that. <laughs> I suddenly have a memory of you watching Fargo. Yes, we did that too. No, no, you watched Fargo and I didn't because Fargo was not suitable for our age group It really wasn't. You can blame my
0: parents for that. But we stayed up all night for a movie marathon and we watched like three or four movies back to back. And finally, when the sun came up, maybe, I watched Fargo as like the last movie.
1: You're so sophisticated as an... As an 8th grader or 7th grader, to be watching Fargo and laughing and understanding that it's, you know,
0: a comedy. it is a great movie. Have you seen it since then? No! Oh my god, you have to! It might be too scary for you. It's too gruesome. Where are you right now? I got out of bed. Um, It's 6.42 p.m. You're in New York. I'm in L.A. I'm in New York. You're three hours ahead of me. Uh-huh but frankly, you're really like eleven hours behind me because you're just starting your day now.
1: <laughs> well, no, okay, I slept at seven a m because I had a really bad time with a painting last night. It just wasn't doing what I needed it to do. like it had a life
0: of its own, and it was being it stubborn. <laughs> it did.
1: We were fighting a lot.:
0: If your painting talked to you, what would it have said? Was it an old, grumpy man? Like, what was what was going on?
1: Well, it's more like the painting demands something from me and is unimpressed by me. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's deep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still at my friend's place, so I was looking for objects that could reflect a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And I found this uh, picture... And it's the one that people use for lattes. And then I looked it up and then I had this idea. I was like, oh, I got excited because I was like, maybe I can do a hipster Spider-Man barista. Ooh. Because I had a Spider-Man action figure and I cut a little apron for him. Mm -hmm. But then I had nothing for his beard.
0: I was going to say, out of all the action figures you have, (laughs) why did you think Spider-Man was well suited to be a barista and not another action figure?
1: I've been painting Batman recently, and so many of his action figures, he looks so upset. And like sad even... Batman? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's he
0: not should... very good customer service.
1: He looks really upset. Spider-Man has no expression. Ah, neutral. Neutral. And then I needed a beanie. I mm-hmm. thought a beanie would look great. But then I wanted to, because I wanted to do the beard too, but the closest thing to a beard was song. <laughs> <laughs> in
0: my house. <laughs> <laughs> that would make an excellent beard. How do you describe Ro song to people who don't know what roe song is?
1: The translation to English it just doesn't do it justice because it tastes so good. But it's called pork floss, and it's just so upsetting to me because
0: pork floss. I mean, roe means <laughs> roe means meat. meat. Song is like loose. loose so it's like yeah. meat
1: loose. Yeah, it's 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 jerky, but. Dry, dried and fuzzy. Mm-hmm. I, I remember a coworker, I was eating it once at my first job. And it was a really corporate setting. And my coworker was like, Are you eating carpet? I was like, That is such a good way to describe this. You should have told her you were eating beard. <laughs>
0: So wait a minute, did you put little pieces of Rose Song on Spider-Man's face? You will. will. Okay, so that's I the will. plan. So it didn't that's make it plan. into the painting yet. It didn't make it. How far did you get this morning, aka last night? That's right, we're talking about a painting.
1: Right. We went on a crazy tangent.
0: It's okay, you're just waking up from a nap.
1: It'll take you a while to like get oriented. I thought this would be a good exercise for me to start painting things that are much lighter in scale, and yet create the illusion of form.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, Sounds impossible. It's
1: (laughs) (laughs) Like, no wonder your painting was fighting with you. It was really due to the fact that I think I was hitting fatigue.
0: What did you learn from that experience?
1: I learned that I should do setups that interest me. I learned that I need to remember to balance optical painting and conceptual painting. Like Mm -hmm. Think about the source of the light. Think about what reads to the viewer, but also think about what I see at the same time because usually people skew to one end.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: You want to hear what (laughs) I learned from your story?
0: That'd be great. You cannot make informed decisions when you're in a highly emotional state.
1: I mean, I don't understand people that can go through their life without a sense of humor. What's happening? How do you deal with all of the problems in the world
0: well i've got so many questions for you i guess what's really what i find really interesting about you is that you have had this very interesting zigzaggy path to your life you know you grew up in hong kong went to international school went to the states now i'm going to tell you what i think your life story is you grew up in hong kong (laughs) went to northwestern with me for college um you Joined a sorority, which I always thought was really interesting because you're like the biggest tomboy I know. You're very much an independent spirit. I have lots of judgments against sororities. And yet here my best friend is joining a sorority. And you had a great time and made really great friends. And clearly it wasn't as bad of an experience as I thought it would be. It might
1: have been pure curiosity for American culture. Mm, interesting. Right. Because you you'd never lived in the States before. Yeah. It was like, what? what what is this and why is it such a big part of the community at Northwestern Mm -hmm. you know so you really like dove into that experience
0: and then after school you joined the corporate world and like worked in management consulting which I also thought was super weird because (laughs) having known you since you were 10 years old you're like this super quirky, like doesn't fit in a box artist. Like you've always been an artist to me because you're always doodling and sketching and super creative. And and then you joined this like super corporate culture, which I was always like, huh,
1: interesting choice. It was just because Northwestern funneled it, mm-hmm. right? Like we, we just pumped out consultants and iBankers if you were an econ major. Mm-hmm. My parents did not... Give me that pressure to get a corporate job Mm -hmm. at all. It was more, you know, what job can sponsor my visa Mm because I'm an international student. Mm -hmm. It was so boring to me the job, Mm -hmm. and I was so frustrated. Mm -hmm. But I had money. It was weird. I was such a yuppie, and (laughs) when I was (laughs) when I was frustrated, I'd be like, I'd go to a bookstore. Back when we would go to bookstores, and then I'd be like, I'm just buying 12 books. Right.
0: Man, you know, there's a new term for that now. So back in the day, it's yuppie, which is young urban professional. Oh, what is it now? Now the term is Henry, which stands for high earner, not rich yet. At what point did you have the courage to really think about what you wanted to do versus
1: what you were good at and make that leap? Well, I didn't know what I was good at Mm -hmm. yet. Right. And I knew I could work hard and I could learn. You know how they're always like follow your passion. I didn't really know, but I knew that I I love basketball. I interviewed for an internship and I quit my job. And so you just went moved from to being Beijing. a
0: consultant <laughs> in Chicago to an intern in Beijing. <laughs> yeah, a local intern. In local <laughs> intern. What was the highlight was of your us. experience there? What was the well, most standout memory?
1: I started working more on digital, um, our digital. Mm-hmm. Segment and they sold this product where it was like a pack backpack. It was called Live View as a backpack, mm-hmm. and you um, could stream live. Mm-hmm. Back when this was interesting and not from a phone, <laughs> it was two thousand and eight. Yeah, 2009, 10. Yeah, yeah. it mm-hmm. could stream live um, straight to a satellite and on you know online. Mm-hmm. So we would do all this behind the scenes content. So we sold it. And we didn't have time to get a, a host, right? And nor did we have the, like, the budget. Right. So my manager came over to me and was like, 你去呀? I'll be sorry. you <laughs> go, I mean, why you, don't you go? This yeah. is you. This is you. Like, it's all you. It's all you. Mm-hmm. You know, we have nobody else. You, you're bilingual, sort of. Um, you, there's, no, there's no visa problem with you <laughs> to get into the States for work or something. And I was like, oh, okay. And I started, and then, so I had to go to All-Star Weekend and interview players live, live streaming to China. So cool. And so I'd have to ask them English questions and then translate it. And my Chinese isn't, it isn't great because I went to an international school, right? So it's basically, you know, uh, dinner dinner table Chinese with my mom. Sure. It's still conversational, though. You're better, it's conversational. you're better than me.
0: You're more fluent than me, for sure. It's
1: conversational, but it's definitely a... A shame point of me. (laughs) It's a shame. It's one of those things where it's like, I just wish I could have really good Chinese, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, It's probably one of my biggest regrets. But also during that time when I was doing the interview work, my Chinese really improved, but Mm -hmm. only in sports lingo. (laughs) What are
0: some like vague sports terminology uh, the, or obscure sports terminology that you know
1: sports terminology in Chinese, especially Chinese idioms, is war terminology. Oh so interesting I just, right because it's it, it's it's battle, right? One of the few things that I use all the time and it was so embarrassing you could probably use it as a drinking game <laughs> if you watched uh, it was Chiku uh, dang and it just meant like both teams are really um, competitive.
0: Ah, flags and drums match. Yeah. So they're like on equal footing. They're head to head. Correct. You know, yeah. That type of. Thing. And I used it so much. <laughs> Did you learn
1: it on the job? And so then yeah, you I- just <laughs> got attached to it. <laughs> I mean, there were times when I would have to just insert English. I also didn't know how to put on makeup yet. <laughs> so there's there's no makeup. It's maybe a little mascara. Right. And my mom, I remember after that first weekend was like, I'm going to hire a person to teach you how to put on oh, makeup. Oh, but
0: girl, you don't need makeup with that porcelain skin of yours. <laughs> but even Charles Barkley puts on makeup Does for he, on camera. Really? Yeah, all people I do. I guess so if you're on camera. Okay, now's the time for you to name
1: drop. Who are some of the players that you interviewed? Just rattle them off. Uh, like LeBron and Kobe. But it, it was all in scrums, right? Mm-hmm. And it really worked out well because I was small and look like a child, I look like a (laughs) 12-year-old child, right? And so I'd, like, get in there, and then be like, hi! And it really helped that I would say, like, live to China, you know? Right. I would spend a lot of time researching questions, too, so I'd listen to their interviews, and it was all fun for me. My mom was, my mom joked, she's like, finally, your basketball card's paid off,
0: right? How do you think that experience shaped who you are today? Like, what did you get out of that?
1: I learned how much fun it is to do something that stimulated me. Mm-hmm. The reason why it stimulated me is because it worked that creative side of my brain.
0: Mm-hmm. When was the moment you realized you wanted to be a professional artist?
1: I think what happened was I got burnt out. I was diagnosed with um, SLE lupus when Mm -hmm. I was, I think, 19 at Northwestern. Mm -hmm. I didn't really take care of myself until later in my 20s, right? And how would you
0: describe lupus to someone who has never seen that before?
1: There's a whole range of cases, right? Um, And it can go from mild to severe. And I'm very lucky they caught it before a flare-up. And I would describe it as it's cellular suicide, as in I can't tell between... Who the good guys and the bad guys are so I kill some of the good guys mm. and so it's an autoimmune disorder.
0: Right, so your body is literally fighting itself.
1: Yes. I took a couple months off and I started drawing again. Mm. I, hadn't, I hadn't done anything artistic in years. Anybody that met me in college had no idea that I, I drew. Or Interesting. Like, whereas how you describe me is very different.
0: What would you say is the role of an artist in society?
1: So, I've been thinking about this a lot lately. Um, the first one is we, we, we mentioned it, so the the invisible hand of empathy. Mm-hmm. right? And when i when I say artist, I mean anybody that is creating art in any way, whether it be a, a scriptwriter, right? Mm-hmm. A novelist, a dancer, a painter, um, etc. Mm-hmm. And it's the idea that you're able to connect with somebody else mm-hmm. and make them feel less alone like there's an invisible hand of empathy Mm -hmm. just out there Um, and then there's another one I think um, innovation so maybe it's to find some answer to climate change right Mm -hmm. a painting can't do that but maybe a painting or maybe a beautifully choreographed and executed dance Mm -hmm. or a song can inspire a researcher mm-hmm. or a scientist or a team
0: mm-hmm. of
1: engineers and scientists to do that mm-hmm. and I think um, I think that's what art does, right?
0: Yeah, I mean this notion of imagining other worlds is mm-hmm. very much an artist's endeavor, right? Like yeah. whether you're a writer writing about new characters or a painter abstracting
1: mm-hmm. reality into something else. Yeah, breaking bounds, mm-hmm. you know. I don't know how coherent this is going to come through. Everything we experience in life, I think it just comes down to, like, how we are reacting, our emotions, our reactions to to whatever is happening, right? Mm-hmm. Any interpretation of what's happening inside of us is reductive,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? And the, the best artists out there, they minimize whatever is taken away. They can get to that feeling that... Their feeling and that you're feeling and then because they're able to express it it gives you more insight to your life. Mm.
0: What made you want to pursue fine art you know oil painting super realistic oil painting as opposed to maybe being an illustrator or um, doing more commissioned work for brands or things like that like what Uh, What led you down the fine art path? There's some sort of discipline and formal education that seemed
1: important to you. The technical skill of drawing is very important. And I'm trying to pinpoint why I think this. I guess even the abstract artists that I love, they were all trained Mm. academically. Mm -hmm. And even uh, Bill Watterson, who I think is probably one of the most influential artists in my life because of Calvin and Hobbes. Yeah if you look at the first frame of maybe his Sunday spreads, Mm -hmm. where he draws a realistic tiger or, you know, a landscape or, I don't know, a train, Mm -hmm. um, you can tell this guy can draw. Mm -hmm. And that's why he's able to abstract it into the most adorable, you know, Calvin and Hobbes. Right. A a stuffed animal or a cartoon child. Right. So, So the idea that if you do your push-ups and your sit-ups, you can, you can do anything with that with afterwards. that core strength. Yeah. And strength.
0: I guess it's that whole saying of if you know the rules, then you can know how to break them,
1: right? Yes. Yeah, that's exactly it. Mm-hmm. And, um, and also, I picked the atelier route because the MFAs were just <laughs> just too expensive.
0: What's an atelier? <laughs> what does that mean?
1: There's like a resurgence right now in the world because a lot of the art schools um, don't uh, don't really teach that technical skill of drawing and um, and painting anymore. Sure, there's like some foundation classes, but it's not stressed as much as the conceptual side. And I I I think the conceptual side is as important, but I also think craft is very important. Mm-hmm. And so. There are all these small schools coming up, and they're called the Atelier System. And they teach, you know, the 19th century, um, how how art schools used to teach, Mm -hmm. you know, from uh, drawing casts and figure, um, doing copies, stuff like that, learning from the old masters.
0: What was it like to learn how to paint like the old masters in Florence, Italy?
1: Florence was amazing in the fact that every time you walk outside, you don't believe that you're there, mm-hmm. right? It's it's one of those cities where it's just it's just gorgeous, mm-hmm. and it, it it has that kind of magic. No matter what the weather is,
0: I think it's something about the light. The light yeah. in that part of Italy is just gorgeous. It's like they lit up a movie set.
1: You're like, where 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 in the world is it like that? And you get there, you're like, it's here. It is. This is what it looks it, like. It I'm it in exists, a painting. Yeah. You know. Whereas I, you know, I. In Beijing, I'm not seeing that. No. <laughs> in Beijing, all you see is gray. I'm gray, like, no. gray, gray, gray. Yeah. 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 And I also picked Italy because the school I wanted to go to in New York City didn't sponsor international students yet. And I just needed more experiences and mm-hmm. I needed more different cultures. I needed to be... Exposed to more cultures, I had never been really fully exposed to a European culture, and to throw myself in a place where I couldn't speak the language.
0: Yeah, what's one of the things about Italian culture that has stuck with you that you actually embody
1: now in your own life? This is so random, but I think there's (laughs) this is something that I think we should do around the world. Is that they don't let you touch produce with your hands there? Really? Yes. What
0: do you mean they don't let you? (laughs) <laughs> Is somebody like standing by regulating and slapping your hand with a ruler or something if you go in to touch something? You you just you're not allowed to. It's just you a social to... faux pas. <laughs> like, people will
1: give you dirty looks if you do that. Yeah, and so you have to ask if you can or they'll give you a plastic bag. What was the best Italian meal you ate while you were living in Florence? Oh my goodness. It was it was like a Florentine steak and then there was a beautiful pasta, and I remember a ricotta cheesecake at the end. Oh my God, that sounds
0: so good. You know what's also fascinating about this meal that you're describing is that it's basically the elevated, mature, sophisticated version of what we used to eat when we were done, which was, <laughs> wait for it, you introduced me to these sausages that were filled with cheese.
1: Oh, my God. The Johnsonville. Is it Johnsonville? Did I make that up? I don't even know, but oh, I can still taste them. They're filled with cheddar.
0: Yes. They're so good. Oh, my God. They're so, I can, like, smell and taste them in my memory. Anyway,
1: you've oh, come a I long to way, me I mean, it, on a bad day, I want to eat those, and I want to eat pizza rolls.
0: Ugh. Describe a bad day for me. What's going on with you on a bad day?
1: When you want to eat your emotions. So I definitely... um, Retail therapy is difficult because it's expensive. Mm -hmm. But but how I counter that is I get on AliExpress now. And I don't know if you know about this. It's because I can't get on Taobao. And I just fill my cart with very cheap objects. It's weird. And my friends who have children... Are not happy with me about this because they find it very upsetting that I do this for pleasure. Is that I just online grocery shop, but sometimes I don't even press buy. I, Target, I have a cart, Whole Foods, <laughs> I have a cart, Amazon Fresh, I have a cart, what? and then Mercato, I have a cart, Instacart, I have no a cart. No
0: way! So you just have all these filled,
1: full <laughs> virtual shopping carts all over the internet of food. And you never hit purchase? I do it sometimes, Yami Yum, <laughs> Buy okay h mart i've made many carts
0: what is the enjoyment from just filling
1: your cart um there there's a i think there's a creative aspect on food planning and meal planning (laughs) that i enjoy i also like looking for deals let me tell you oh so i'm like where is there a coupon where is the? where can i get the cheapest avocado because avocados why are you so expensive have you heard the story of oprah where she thought avocados are so expensive, and so she brings an avocado everywhere she goes because she has an avocado farm now. Or like, or like <laughs> So that's how Oprah saves money and became
0: a billionaire. She carries her own avocados instead of paying market price. This is good. Virtual
1: I... shopping is for COVID. It's how I'm coping. Why do humans suck? Oh, is it because we're selfish?
0: mm well, on the same note, why are humans awesome?
1: How we connect, mm-hmm. right? And how we can make each other feel like humans don't suck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but where some people would think maybe humans are awesome because we can innovate, then the argument, you could, you could come to the conclusion, we innovate because we are selfish, you know?
0: Right, who are we innovating for, to yeah. ourselves?
1: Right, mm-hmm. the same thing that makes us amazing sometimes makes us awful. What are your thoughts on fame? Fame is tough, right? Especially with my background. Yes. Your mom, Mm -hmm. for context, is (laughs) what has been described to me
0: as like the Shirley Temple of Hong Kong (laughs) Uh, or the Audrey Hepburn of Hong Kong. Um, She's had a long, illustrious movie career, very famous in Hong Kong, Taiwan, China,
1: Mm -hmm. still alive Still alive, it's so complicated. It's like twelve therapy sessions. I feel like oh <laughs> my we can start here. This is therapy <laughs> session zero point one um it i I've gone through a just a very turbulent journey with my relationship with fame. I I mean, I even remember when the NBA stuff started, when he came, when my manager came over to tell me to do it, my first reaction was, no, Mm -hmm. no, I'm not. I don't want to do anything in front of camera. I I don't want fame. I'm very, I'm very reluctant for it. But now that I am pursuing this career, that success goes hand in hand with fame, Mm -hmm. right? And so that's difficult. And something that I just have to get over. <laughs> what's
0: your aversion to it? What is the what is the thing where you're like, oh, I don't want to be known or on camera? Like, what's the fear or the worry or
1: the doubt? I mean, there are there are rational fears and there are irrational fears, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think artists become like movie star famous mm-hmm. where you can't go outside without being bothered, right? Right? Like that's my mom. That's my mother's life. Like, we'll go to the supermarket, and then a couple days later, my mom will be like, oh, it must have been a slow news cycle for them because they were filming us at the supermarket. Oh, boy. And so it's just you don't really have privacy, and you always have to be on, right? Mm-hmm. But I also thought there was something amazing because I would watch people light up when they would see her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I always thought that was really magical too. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's so much joy. It's right. like star sighting. But also it's like, hi, I'm having dinner with my mom. Right. <laughs> like, you're like, can we just have our own moment, please? Yeah. But um, so I always, you know, you always feel like you're being looked at. Right. Um, And then there's also an irrational fear. And I can't believe I'm going to admit this is that I'm scared that, you know, all the times that because we've all made mistakes, right? We've all messed up, been a bad person, or someone has thought you were bad and it was a misunderstanding. Mm-hmm. And I'm always scared that, uh, irrationally, and I even understand it, uh, but the anxiety is still there that if I become famous, it's all going to come out of the woodwork. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> right? All but your that, dark God. demons and secrets will
1: seep out. Right? But it's like we all we all have that right like i'm not
0: and you don't have anything that horrible it's not I'm like not... you've like murdered anyone yeah i <laughs> know <laughs> erica has to say that on this podcast everyone in case it wasn't clear
1: <laughs> now people are going to go digging no, after no, this podcast no. my anxiety has spiked <laughs> the name of the podcast works also anytime you're under scrutiny you, there're going to be haters right but and but I don't enjoy hate. that. haters going hate. gonna hate, I'm chick. not that easygoing. I'm not... Like... <laughs> <laughs> you actually care what people think. I am... I am weak, and I <laughs> care what people think, and I am weak. I'm the same, and that's why I we're friends. I am so weak on that front. And I'm like, but... I'm like, but who cares? I don't care about the... I don't care. But I, why do I care? You know <laughs> what, though? I think I'm really excited for
0: us to get old because I think at a certain point when you age, you really don't care. I told you that you're my oldest friend, but I actually wish I had an old friend, like someone old, oh, yeah, <laughs> like yeah, an yeah, elder, yeah, yeah. Oh, because yeah. they have so much to teach us about not giving
1: a crap about what people think. Also in this world of the Internet, mm-hmm and how people can go digging and how people can just make things up. You know, you don't I'd rather be famous in the nineteen in even nineteen ninety mm-hmm. or two thousand. Sure. Or or eight years ago. Pre-social media world. <laughs> Pre-social yeah. media, right? I don't wanna touch movies or television, right? Like why would I even put myself up to having to be compared? Right. You know, that I've sort of come to terms with and it's just, you know, when people see me, I, I look like her as well, right? Mm-hmm. So, it used to really bother me, but now I'm like, yeah, cuz you know what? I'm also really proud of her. Right. <laughs> right. Right? And and she's one of the people that I love the most in the world and she's the biggest champion of me. We sometimes we joke that we were supposed to live each other's lives. <laughs>
0: That's cute. What did she, what does she want to live out in your life?
1: Like, she wanted to be the one that go, went to school, because she never went to go to school and then do art. Mm. And then uh, I always joke that, you know, I, I'm a better actor. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we talked for like an hour and a half. I'm going to edit it down to half an hour, so a lot of it's oh. going to go...
1: Oh my gosh, you're going to have to listen to my voice so much. I'm
0: excited.
1: I'm so lucky to have you in my life. I, I really know. am. Oh, I'm
0: so lucky to have you. Uh, no, I feel I... like that's the best part about our friendship, is that every time I talk to you, two things happen. I feel completely myself, and I also feel like we can pick up exactly where we left off.
1: Yeah, no, I, I, I love hanging out with you. You also, there's a third thing for me with you, is that I feel like you make me smarter. Oh Yeah, no, you're very thoughtful and insightful. But then you'll say something ridiculous, too.
0: What the hell song is that?
1: It's the one where it's like...
0: Oh, the Andrea
1: Bocelli song. Yeah, and he's like, Baby, you're just only good at singing male opera. That's such a good song, though.
0: Conte partiro, my Elionanda. Yeah, it's yeah. such a good song.